0: Hello, wrestling fans, and Happy New Year from the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate Maxson here with you, along with my brother, Aaron. Hello, everybody. And uh, we are in We Can't Wrestle podcast Hall of Fame season, but we'll start working on those shows next week. You can check out the WNR Facebook page to find out who is inducted this year, because it is up there. It's public knowledge now in the We Can't Wrestle podcast Hall of Fame. But stay tuned, like I said, starting next week, I think we're going to start doing our hall of fame discussion episodes with folks from the voting panel. And that's always, again, my favorite thing of the year to do on this particular podcast. And also when we're done with that, I think, I think, I think we should do another uh, series on a 500. Cause I really enjoy that too. Oh, that's my, it's my
1: second favorite idea we ever had. <laughs> I love those five hundreds.
0: So yeah, uh, well, and I'll I'll uh,
1: let me see. the 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 highlight of the five hundreds is Billy Gunn ate a meatball sub at WWF New York. It's <laughs> a <laughs> so fucking highlight.
0: But no, I, and then that's that's one of the ones where we just took we just picked a random number. What I'm saying is, I want to do another one where we go through the whole five hundred like we did with the first one
1: oh okay
0: yeah so that's fun too because I have every PWI 500 and I'll let you I'll let you pick whether you want to do 92 93 or 94 because the first one I believe was 91 you said 91 92 or 94
1: 92 93
0: or 94 94 all right 1994 PWI 500, we'll be doing that coming up in the new year. It took us, what, nine episodes, I think, to get to the the last one. So we'll see how that goes. But we also had like 19 hosts for every episode. So it took forever (laughs) to do just 50 stars. But anyway, this week, what we're going to do on the show... For the New Year's Eve weekend edition of the Weekend Wrestle podcast, is talk about, and we talked about a Hall of Fame just then. We talked about a top 500 just then. We're going to talk about something that's not necessarily, you're not saying that, you know, if I were to say, who's your favorite wrestler of all time? Boom, Randy Savage. But Randy Savage isn't on this list that I made because the list that we've made here are, is that on mine either? Bell to Bell. Who do we think personally are the best in ring bell to bell workers? And you know, obviously, since I never watched Earl Caddick wrestle, Earl Caddick's not going to be on my list. That's why it's funny. Wrestling is so funny because it's all so subjective. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, i've I've seen I've
1: seen a few Luthes matches. You know what I mean? But I'm not gonna have Luz as on my list.
0: Yeah, you haven't seen enough of his or, work to, to yeah. Earn. He hasn't I haven't I'm sure he was impressive, but I haven't seen enough where he resonates as impressive to me as people that are on my list. Because you're you're always gonna go with people that you watch a lot, people from your era, people from your time. That's just the way it's gonna be. I'm sure Abe Lincoln was fantastic. <laughs> And Um, I will say um, this, I will say this really quick. Um, Continuing his body of work in five years, I am positive that we, if we revisited this list, I'm almost positive that Gunter would be on this list for me, because to me in North, because I don't watch Japanese wrestling. I always say that full disclosure. I don't watch it. I don't have time in my life to watch it, but in North America, for the promotions that I watch right now, he's bell to bell the best wrestler in the world at the moment. My opinion, bell to bell. Yeah, Again, um, not my favorite, but overall, not my favorite, but definitely bell to bell. I'd
1: slightly agree with you. The only other reason I'd say slightly is because Randy's back.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and, and Randy and, ran, and,
1: ran. and, and and totally honest, Randy was an honorable mention on my list in case we
0: had some crossovers. I'm sure we will. But well, we'll we'll just we'll just start with that. Then he's on my list, and he <laughs> should be. And well, I was just gonna say also just as a side note, I would say yes, Randy Randy Orton is back, and so is AJ Styles, who's not on my list but would also be high up there. Um. But yeah, we'll, we'll just start with my first pick, Randy Orton. Um, there's, and I was actually talking to Mike, Mike, Mark Brew earlier today, uh, because he was going to join us. I don't know if he, if he had a message and said he dozed off and he'd be on in a minute. Okay. Well, but he and I were just were talking earlier, and I said that I was. He said he had had a couple of modern guys on his list, and I said I have a modern guy on my list, but. I also told him, I said, your definition of modern and my definition of modern are probably different because Mark is younger than us. Yeah. Like, I think of shit from 2002 as modern product to me. Like, it's anything past, like, the death of WCW to me is all, that, that whole 20 years is just this one big block of time that I call, I guess, the modern era of wrestling. Um yeah. And, it's the time. It's the time where I became in the over the past twenty years. Although I still watch wrestling, although still I still love wrestling, I became less hardcore of a fan of the modern product over that period of time.
1: I'm the same, and Randy is, um, how do I say it? Like he's kind of the um. Conduit, or Conduit, or whatever, of those eras. If that makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, he's If, if somebody was going to look at a wrestling show and be like, oh, that's the old school guy. That would be Randy. And he's not even old. You know what I mean? But he's still The guy that learned from his dad and his grandpa, but also learned from Hunter Flair fully, and 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 carried it over into that next generation. You
0: know what I mean? And in between that, also he in between being brought up by his dad and his grandpa and coming to the main roster of the WWE. He also got to be under the learning tree of Danny Davis and Jim Cornette. So there's a lot of great fucking wrestling minds planted in Randy Orton.
1: (laughs) And all you got to do is look at the guy and be like, this is the fucking guy. You know? But he's the last true... Pro wrestler, in my opinion. Him and Cena. Yeah. And, and yeah.
0: And you could put Brock in there too. But, yeah. Yeah. I
1: just, I just think he's just the, but pretty much that crew. whole, pretty
0: much that, pretty much that whole class from OVW.
1: <laughs> yeah. But Randy's the one that took it and got
0: it. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. Since we're but, talking about like I'd I'd, I'd
1: I'd I'd put him above John and I'd put him above Dave and I'd put I, him above I, I would
0: he's just the guy that fucking got it. I would put him above John Bell to Bell, which is what we're talking about. I would say I would say he is he is he is the worker, and I'm not I'm not discounting the whole package either. I, I am a huge Randy Orton fan. As a matter of fact. In the modern era of wrestling, and when I say modern era, I mean, Aaron and I were talking before we started, or maybe while, maybe it was while we were talking here. But the modern era of wrestling to me, because everything from the death of WCW till today is all this big block, and that's what I call modern wrestling. Um, I would say in the modern wrestling era, he's the wrestler. He's the best wrestler and that's not discounting Daniel Bryan or or anybody else, but he's just he's so smooth. He's so his psychology is amazing. And I would say, Cena in that in the modern era is the the best of what you would say is the total package. You know what I mean? Like as far yeah. as yeah. But anyway, we're not talking it's, about it's Cena. gonna we're it's, about it's gonna it's gonna sound funny. But Randy,
1: like if you look at like the eighties, Randy is Randy and Cena is Hogan.
0: I would say... You know I, mean? I would say... Like, I would say Orton is Flair, and Cena is Hogan.
1: Yeah. But Flair, Flair and Savage are kind of... same. You know yeah. I mean? That's why they, when they fucking worked, it was fucking fantastic, because you're like, Jesus Christ, this is the
0: best of the best.
1: <laughs> but... Yeah, it's like that that's how I look at it. It's like if you would, if you would take the 80s and be like tell me who you would like attribute these people to. It's like I'd say John Cena's Hulk Hogan where it's it's still fucking great and entertaining no matter who he's with, but when you put him with somebody that's really good, it's great. But it's about the story and then randy could just go in there with anybody and just give you the best fucking match on the card
0: yeah and like i said we're since is we're talking about bell to bell i'll mention my attributes i kind of alluded to it there but randy Orton has everything he does is smooth it looks natural his psychology is insane like just just watch some of his matches again Watch! You want to see some some psych- some amazing psychology by a dude that was only in his early twenties? Go watch that hardcore match with him and Foley, or watch his watch his matches with the Undertaker and the way he reacts to the Undertaker when they had that feud, and just his psychology is off the fucking chain. Good, yeah. Like when he when he hits those thumbtacks, the look on his fa- face is the face of a little prima donna that did had no idea what he was getting into it's so good it's so fucking good when he hits those thumbtacks that's one of my best reaction like one of my best like facial cell reactions in the history of pro wrestling
1: oh the dude's a fucking master and um i don't watch a lot of modern shit but when they said randy came back at that survivor series or whatever it was a war games deal or whatever. When he came back, it was like mass like I got more pumped for Randy coming back and got more into it than when Punk came back. And they came back at the same time, you know what I mean? But there there's not a better And I know you said Gunther or whatever, but and and Gunther's great. But I don't think there's a better guy in the business right now
0: than Randy. Well, Mark Brew has joined us. And Mark, when when you and I were talking earlier and we said modern, we were discussing the word modern. um, (laughs) The modern guy. And that's why I said for me, modern is like since the death of WCW um the modern guy for me that was on this list of best bell to bell in ring workers was Randy Orton and that's who Aaron and I have been talking about so
2: well it's funny because he's on my list too all
0: right well we can knock him off mm-hmm. your list then but yeah i mean any anything you want to say about Randy before we go to Aaron's first pick
2: is is he really understands the psychology of wrestling like when to You know, when he does the little boom, 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 get ready for the RKO and stuff and and just like bell to bell when he does that. My favorite thing that he does is when he does, when he whips him into the ropes and then he does that power slam. mm -hmm. He he does that to perfection in his, uh, his DDT from the second rope.
0: Well, and I just I was just telling the listeners and I'm sure anybody that listens to this show has seen them, but if they hadn't, you want to see you want to see a prodigy who already knew psychology in his early 20s, you go watch Randy Orton versus Mick Foley in their hardcore match. Oh yeah. Or you watch you watch any of the stuff Orton did with Undertaker and the way that he visually and physically sold for the for the Undertaker. Yeah, Insane. his facial
2: expressions like really, really nailed a lot of those moments with The mm-hmm. Taker.
1: And it has nothing to do with his work, but I love the fact that when like he goes to do, like Mark was saying, where he goes to do that DDT or whatever off the middle rope, I love when he um, mm-hmm. slips like shit you're not supposed to say on TV into mm-hmm. it.
2: <laughs> he pops. Like he that's it. That, that that that's just he him popped. being a
1: dick. Like, right. like when he goes to like pull somebody in, he he shakes his head and does all that shit. But he's like on TV. He's just like shit, fuck, cunt, bitch, ass, dick, <laughs> and then just drops somebody. It's great.
2: Yeah, he he definitely leaps and bounds better than his father. Oh, his dad was a great worker. Yeah, I mean his dad was solid in the ring, but, but he he wasn't. His dad has much as Randy.
1: His dad, oh no, he wasn't. And Bob would tell you that. But his dad has one of my favorite spots ever, is when Hogan hit him, and Bob somersaulted him back and went nope and got away. Fucking Bob was a great worker. Bob was a great chicken shit heel.
0: All right, Aaron, who's the first person you want to bring up off of your list? Well, I'm going to bring this guy up just to get him off the list
1: quick. And it's not going to be like, I don't want to talk too much about him, but he is on my list. And it's not a indictment or an endorsement or anything about him. It just he's a controversial person but he needs to be mentioned and it's Chris Benoit.
0: No, he's on my list too. I, 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 I have long since decided that it is okay. I don't know why people are still like, you can't talk about his in-ring work because there are lots of musicians whose music I enjoy that are fucking bastards in real life. There are lots of actors whose acting I enjoy that are real motherfuckers in real life. So I can watch Chris Benoit. I can appreciate how talented he was in the ring. I can appreciate that everything he did looked realistic. Like when Chris Benoit headbutted somebody, Chris Benoit sold his own headbutt because it would hurt you too. You know what I mean? So, I mean, just little things he would do or like, the way that I'll just use a little moment. Like when he, when he gets knocked off that ladder in the first money in the bank match, the way he sold that when he hit the ground, like, like he was like a fish out of water like that, but you feel the pain, you know? And that's what we're talking about here is the guys that can suck you in. And for, for 15 to 20 minutes, it's fucking real to me. Damn it. So he, again, like, I know you said he's, I just, it's time to stop.
2: I Separate the not, art from the artist.
0: I, I, yes, and I do agree with never putting him in the hall of fame. I agree with that because oh, I agree with that too. But if you're gonna talk about great in-ring workers of all time, you can't not talk about Chris Benoit.
2: I mean, hell, to me, he was one of the one of the great things about WCW mm-hmm. as far as their mid-card was. Yeah, like, I what, told Nate the Benoit, other day. Benoit, with Ben the Horseman and stuff, like like he had that like almost death cold stare. And you know what I'm saying? Like that expressionless entrance. Mm-hmm. And you, you was like, This is a bad motherfucker, and he's coming to do bad motherfucking shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and like I I messaged Nate the other day about um and book isn't on my list, and but In 97, Chris Benoit and Booker T, they had the best matches of the fucking year. They had the best matches and the most realistic fucking wrestling matches of anybody. It was that Booker T, Chris Benoit fucking series. and, And even beyond that, it's like that dude he fucking sold his ass off and I have there's not a lot of guys that you can say I've never seen him have a bad match, but I've never seen a, a Chris Benoit match where I was like, oh that
0: sucked. Yeah, I agree. But yeah, like I said, his just his uh entire psychology inside the ring. Like you said, Mark, that the badass thing, he, he per he he carried the persona from bell to bell, the style and the aggression was so convincing. Yep. And there's no doubt about it that he deserves to be on a list of the great in ring workers of all time, no matter what and, his and, transgressions. And so and if you and if you listen to the guys that want to honestly talk
1: about him they tell you that it wasn't fake. You know what I mean? Like, when he hit, yeah, he hit, yeah. When he threw that headbutt, he threw that headbutt. When he did this, he he, he just went.
2: He laid his shit in. Yeah. You
1: know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's, why, right. I can't res- that's why I respect Kurt a lot, because... um Kurt wasn't a guy that was Angle wasn't afraid, or was he was the first guy that wasn't afraid to say, I know what that guy did, but he's the best guy I ever worked with. You know what I mean? Like everybody else tiptoed around it, but Kurt was the first guy to be like, Yeah, the best guy I was ever in the ring with was
0: Chris. Well, Mark. Who's the first one you want to knock off your list here?
2: Uh, we'll go uh, a little old school. Can't talk about great M ring performers without talking about Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I gotta scratch him off my list.
0: I do not have to scratch him off my list because he's not on my list.
2: Just Bell to Bell, Ricky I've, was solid.
0: And I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not negating. Because this is personal favorites, um, so right. I'll let you. I'll let you elaborate first on why you put him on your list.
2: Watch any of his work with Macho. That's enough. said. him and Macho Gold. But I mean, it might it might have been Randy, somewhat, you know, just because he was in there with somebody else, great. But to to me. Bell to Bell, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was a solid performer. Smooth, and, great
0: babyface wrestler. Great baby face wrestler.
2: And the entrance, I love the entrance. Like, that has nothing to do with this in ring stuff. But right. when you come out and blew that fire, like, as a kid, that was, like, that's awesome.
0: Yeah. And as Steamboat got older, as Steamboat got older, I guess older by wrestling standards. It's funny because any other profession, you're old when you're 65, when you're a wrestler, you're old when you're 45. But um, as he got older, the other way that you could tell that he was a great worker is he would zero in. He could, he was kind of like, he could zero in on somebody that he knew was, was, was a star, Steve Austin. He worked fucking great with Steve Austin, Brian Pillman. They didn't work against each other, but. It's still working together. He worked really well as a tag team with Shane Douglas. You right. know, like he just he 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 epitomized that um being able to identify talent that he knew was good and go in and give them just make them look like a million more bucks than they were already worth.
2: And, and that goes to and say he was he was a great tech. Ta- oh sorry. Well oh, go ahead, Aaron. Go ahead. Because when you when you finish, I can say this. It's not. It's not. That it has to be said. Um, I've
1: read stories of people saying this and heard him say it. He would watch boxing fights and see how somebody looked when like. George Foreman would hit somebody He'd watch the guy The Foreman hit And see how they staggered Off of an actual hit And be like Okay I'm going to figure out how to Sell that mm-hmm. Like Not just I'm going to stagger like a professional wrestler And, and faint it or whatever How does someone look When they actually get hit I'm going to sell it that way like uh, Ricky Steamboat is one of the best sellers in the history of professional wrestling, in my opinion. And, and 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 that's what that's what matters is how do you project the um, peril that you're in and. There's not a lot of guys that, that did it better than him.
2: Right. And why it's, it's like that saying. That's why you should be on March's list. That's why you should be on March's list. It it and it's, and it's like that saying goes, no, some winner isn't the winner. It's the guy that goes in there and and puts over the other guy and can do it successfully and make it look good. And Steamboat would mm-hmm. definitely do that.
0: Well, we just mentioned the art of selling. And the next guy that's on my list is on my list because of The Art of Selling. He's, to me, the best baby-faced salesman in the history of the business. Nobody could take a beating and, and soak up that sympathy from the crowd like Ricky Morton. <laughs> Ricky Morton. Ricky Morton is the best... Babyface salesman in wrestling history.
2: Yeah, my uh, the the guy that got me into the business that that you know passed away a few years ago. He told me when when he was teaching teaching me stuff, he was like, "Some some people got to learn how to do the Ricky Morton." Then I said, well, "What do you mean by that?" He's like, "Ricky, he get hit. He'll fly out the ring. He'll go and he'll crawl across the front row, crawl across half their laps. But help me, help me!" <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "And and but Ricky got the people into it. Mm-hmm. like, like they really wanted to help that man." It's like it's like
0: Cornette always says about him. He's he always kind of says the same thing. Ricky was the best, was the best, best seller, you know. And he he's like, and he in in our promotion, he was he was our pussy magnet too, you know. Like that was that was his job. His job was to be sympathetic and be the pussy magnet. That was his job. And
2: <laughs>
1: like he shouldn't be either one of those things.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Some chase dig them all it. <laughs>
1: You know what I mean? It's like he looks like the guy's like how are you pulling that down tonight?
0: <laughs> but he said you're right, and then that it, and, it, and then it, that Bruno it, and then that Bruno Mars song comes on.
1: Don't believe it,
0: just watch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: it's like this little guy's going to make it happen. And he was fantastic and you watch him, and nobody, nobody sells an ass kicking like that fucking guy. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that, and, and here's the other thing. Here's the difference. And, and I'll say this Sean Michaels was a great salesman, you know, for to his credit, to his credit, one of the best things, one of the best things in Lex Luger's arsenal was that he was a great salesman. But, the other thing about Ricky is, excuse me, this doesn't necessarily, and I guess it does have to do with his work. Like a guy like Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels would sell and sell and sell his ass off and everything. But generally most of the people out there going, come on, Shawn, we're the girls and that's fine. And that's fine. But Ricky is also an anomaly Because even the dudes are like, come on, Ricky. Come on, Ricky. (laughs) Like, he he has everybody on his side. It's not, you know.
2: (laughs) Ricky Morton looked like the guy that's going to roll up, pop a quarter in the jukebox, and you're going to hear, lay down, Sally, come on. (laughs)
1: Yeah, or or the gambler or like a midnight (laughs) rider. When he gets beat up. <laughs> the end, of the night, he puts a fucking wooden nickel in it, and it's just like, oh, it, buddy. <laughs> I'll smoke that. a cigarette with that guy in the fucking alley. <laughs> I'm not smoking a cigarette and drinking a beer with Shawn Michaels, but I'll smoke a cigarette and drink a beer with Ricky Morton.
2: Oh yeah, he, he definitely. He, he, them them boys is country as cornbread.
0: Yeah, they were they they the the Rock and Roll Express <clears throat> are two of the coolest wrestlers I've ever got to meet in person. Those guys for all the success they had and everything, they're just they're still just good old boys, man. They're, you know.
1: They're the only uh, people that I've ever taken a picture. They're the only wrestlers that I've ever taken a picture with that made me actually fucking smile on the picture.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> After I took it. Like they took the picture, I was like, I fucking did I
2: look like an asshole in that? And he's like, You were having fun, man. Don't <laughs> worry about it. It's like living in like a jackass eating as long as you were having fun.
0: <laughs> uh, Aaron, do you want to knock off your list Nick? <laughs>
1: Um, I will knock off. <laughs> sounds funny. Like, Mm -hmm. hopefully, this guy doesn't die next week.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The curse of the Maxim brothers. (laughs) He
1: he croaks
0: before I get the show up. Yeah. Yeah, I will knock off Fit Finley. Got to knock him off my list, too.
2: Very solid.
0: Fit Finley. Oh, go ahead. You brought him up, so you start.
1: I think it's almost kind of like a Chris Benoit where what you see him doing is probably somewhat legit. Like, he's snug as fuck, and he's doing his job in there. And if you don't want to, like, you know, get your ass kicked, don't work with him, but he's not going to, um, I don't want to say it, like, if you don't want to get beat up a little bit, don't work with that guy. You know, because he's not, not holding back. And, and everything... But he's,
0: all, he's also not going to injure you.
1: Yeah. But what he's going to do is not... He's not going to go out there and look stupid. You know what I mean? Or look fake. And everything... Like he was just a guy <laughs> that was like, everything I'm going to do out there is going to look great. And... I've never it's kind of like what I said about Chris like I've never seen a bad serious fit finley match. Like I know he did silly shit with with like Cornsby and stuff but like watching his serious stuff that dude Never did anything that I ever saw that I was just like, ah, that's a joke. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And he took his profession
0: serious. And And this is, he's another guy. You talk about the word psychology.
2: Yeah. I mean, especially during his WCW days, like WCW, that was really serious down to work finley for me.
0: And when you think about when you think about the the sometimes ridiculousness of what was WWE CW <laughs> if there was one guy that if you were if you were going to take a guy pluck a guy out of the WWE roster and put him into ECW it was smart to f- put finley into ECW. He fit By the time he was there, it wasn't like they had they had marginalized it into like just another brand. But to wrestle ECW guys and that style, he was perfect for that, too. So even later in his career, you know, but yeah, but I
1: I, I'm not going to I'm not going to try to sound like a nerd or whatever, but like I like sitting back and drinking beers and watching like World of Sport and European wrestling. And Finley even then like he had like a ridiculous outfit and all that shit and he went out there with his like Indian bride and all that shit. But once it was like bell to bell and they were like going round to round. Finley did fucking great. I watched a match. No lie. (laughs) watched a match where it was Dave Finley versus Doink in Germany. And Finley had a great match with the clown. I'm like, this is fucking great. Like, that dude... I can't use enough words to express how fucking great he is. And there's a reason that um, he was the guy that took, I don't want to say this, Um, he should be given credit for now having Rhea Ripley and um, who are some of the other Women wrestlers now, Rhea Ripley,
0: um, Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch.
1: Yeah, yeah. He took women's wrestling from Terry Runnels and and all the divas and all that shit, and took it to what you see now. And I'm not knocking Terry Runnels or any of those ladies, but he's the guy that. Took women's wrestling to what it is now.
2: Yeah, he made them into, he, he trained them to be legit competitors instead of just eye candy.
1: Yeah, like he, he reveled, he should be the guy, he should be put just into the Hall of Fame just for being the guy that taught these ladies how to wrestle and brought it to the new ladies generation now because that's what he did like like i'm not saying he did that's the only i'm not saying that's the only thing that he did but there's a reason that like hunter and vince were like oh let's put these chicks with let's put these chicks with fit he he's I'm lost in a second here. But do you get what I'm saying?
2: Yeah. But like, he was, he's the guy that he wouldn't be, you know, a hard, hard ass on him, but he was like, hey, you know, this is what you need to do. This is what I expect out of you. Let's get it done. Like,
1: he taught them chicks how to work and he should be recognized for revolutionizing the women's wrestling aspect now and he should also be recognized for his in-ring work and in like 95 when he showed up, like that shit he did with Steve Regal who's also on my list, which I can scratch him off if you guys bring him up but I don't think Finley gets enough credit for the amount of In ring work and like teaching that he's brought into the business.
0: Yeah, he gets credit from the workers, but not enough credit from the general media and stuff. Right. The The workers, the workers always give him credit. Like Natali always brings him up and they, yeah, they, they definitely give him his flowers, but he doesn't get it enough from everybody else.
2: Mark, who's next on your list? Next on on my list. Let's decide which one of these guys I want to talk about. Well, I know that he's probably on Nate's list also. And they called him the excellence of execution for a reason, but Bret Hart. Yes, he's definitely on my I list. I gotta scratch him <laughs> off. God damn it. He made all three. Okay. <laughs> but like and Brett just fucking got it. Like he trained hard, he, he to understand it and he executed it well. Um he could he could be the guy that you love or he could be the guy that you fucking want to punch in the mouth. Like when we were when we were talking about ninety seven and stuff, like back then when he was doing that, you know. Canadian Patriot thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, he really, really can piss off those American crowds and make them want to hit him right dead square in the jaw. But, bell to bell in the ring, he was flawless. Another guy guy
0: you can say never had a bad match. I never saw a bad Bret Hart match.
2: I mean, except for with Goldberg and... But that's not
1: point. <laughs> um, this might sound stupid, but I've never seen a guy be able to take a chest first turnbuckle bump like Bret Hart. Right. Like just to fucking take it and sell it. It's like when Brett hit a like other guys would hit a turnbuckle, I'd be like, Oh, I think that's like a cushion or whatever, you know. But like when Brett fucking took it, it looked like it was like a fucking shotgun hit.
2: Yeah, his face was he'd be like,
1: (laughs) Yeah, and he fucking full Or just fucking took it, right? And Brett. Could, it, and it was it was kinda like we were talking about Ricky, he could sell him ass kicking like nobody's business and Brett was
2: fucking great. Uh, he took some of the simple things that, that you know you don't a lot of people don't really appreciate and he and he made them great like that that middle rope like mm-hmm. in front of the arm drop and he I had eyes enjoyed watching him at that
0: i don't know if this makes sense uh, it should make sense but he also has like the best exasperated face like looking 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 exhausted and overwhelmed with with like a great match like the way that he would breathe and the way that he'd move his mouth and the way that he'd move his hair and he just got it he just fucking got it and also you mentioned Mark about the heel thing, like flip, flip from the baby face and the selling and all that. The best thing about his psychology in the ring is a heel. I always say it. I always say it, but he was so good when he turned heel at giving the crowd, just that shit eating like when he do something dastardly right. to somebody in the ring, the smirk or even not even just the smirk, but even just a look, just a look out to the crowd. You know, the, the only person that was probably better than him at that was Bobby Heenan with with just like the, but Brett would do like, you know, he'd do some shitty move. he wink. Then, Brett yeah. would wink. <laughs> like literally
1: he would wink at people. He
0: just, <laughs> I just kicked that guy in the nuts. You see that?
2: Yeah. <laughs> Wink. It's good shit, pal. <laughs> yeah, I, we could we couldn't talk about greatest in ring performers in my opinion without having Bret Hart on that list. I wholeheartedly
0: agree. Um, one of the best to ever do it, and he's one of those guys that, mm, yeah, is he is he does he come off sometimes like he's a little full of himself? Yeah, but he kind of has the right to be. Because he really was as good. He really was as good as he says he was. He was. Oh yeah, yeah. Because there's some guys that are that I will say are great wrestlers and are recognized as great wrestlers, but I can find, I can I find holes their in game. their game. Yeah, Brett. With Brett, that's 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 a tough task
2: to <laughs> find a hole in his game. Seriously. I mean, fuck. He was great tag team with Navy Boy. Or, or Jim, you know what I'm saying? Like, any anytime you've seen them in, in the ring, even as a, a cohesive unit with one of them guys, it was there was nothing you know, he, he even understood the psychology of tag team wrestling down to the teeth.
0: Yeah. Anything else on Brett before I move on to my next one?
2: Excellence execution. That's what we're talking about. Excellent executors.
0: The next guy ahead, on my mention, list. Nope. Oh go ahead. Go ahead here. No, nope. go with your guy. Sorry, I, I was I was just gonna say. Actually, I guess we'll knock him off here um, because you mentioned him a minute ago, and yes, he is on my list, and it's William Regal.
1: That's what she was gonna ask us. If I mentioned Steve Regal, that fucking
0: dude. <laughs> God damn. He is a he is a pro wrestling multi-tool. He I, don't might mean, be, I don't I don't mean he tool might be, he in, he might in the bad dead. respect. I don't mean tool in the bad respect either. I mean you need you need him to be a heel he's a heel you need him to be a face he's a face you need him to um, have a great amazing technical match he can have a great amazing technical match you need him to fucking uh, be the guy that's goofed on by the baby face He'll be the square. He'll get gooped on, goofed on by the baby face. Regal is 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 yeah, just the the perfect pro wrestler.
1: I was gonna say he might be the greatest professional wrestler of all time. Like he he literally might be
2: the best ever. <clears throat> I mean, like, even when he was doing that blue blood gimmick. I, I still, you know, could appreciate the, technica- the technicality of which he he done the in-ring work.
1: Like, the reason I could say this guy might be the greatest in-ring professional wrestler of all time is when they made him dress up like a Vegas showgirl. Oh, and he still... Worked. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Eight.
2: Yeah. Yeah. When he, he,
1: had that, he was. Uh, still, he was still a badass, but like feathers were flying off of him and shit. But he was still hitting the moot. Like he might be the greatest fucking wrestler that's ever lived.
0: And he 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 definitely was one of the. um the proverbial, he was much more than Flair, the proverbial guy that could have a good match with a broomstick. You know, I mean, they put they they put him through the ringer with some stinkers in both WCW, WCW. and WWE, and he he could make he could make the worst wrestler look like the best wrestler of the night. You know, and I don't know, just. Just a perfect professional wrestler. End of story. And
1: that's why he's on my list. I think Steve Regal is... I'm going to get lost for words because, like, whatever. But, like, the guy... He's never been bad. Like, even his worst, personally, in his life, there wasn't anybody better than him.
0: He, um... Hopefully, hopefully he goes in the Hall of Fame this year, by the way. But, uh... Oh, he probably will now. Um...
1: But yeah, Vince I, is
0: dead, right? Didn't you say Vince died? <laughs> no, but Vince has been, Vince has pretty much been marginalized at this point. Cause, like I said uh, to Aaron before we went on the air, at this point, Hunter is in full control of creative, which also means he is in full control of the Hall of Fame. So Endeavor pretty much put Vince out to pasture. Vince is just the old guy milling around the office now. So, but um, yeah, Regal definitely deserves to be acknowledged as one of the, the best in-ring bell-to-bell workers of all time.
2: Well, that's why, that's why I'm looking forward to uh, going to the Rumble this year. With Triple H and, you know, full creative control on that, he's going to pull one out the hat.
0: It's going to be, and, and I don't want to get too much in the weeds on it, but this is going to be like one of the more interesting years of, of my life as a wrestling fan, because this is going to be the first full, like starting with, and and they're already talking big about that day one edition of raw. Um, it's fine. You're finally gonna have we we're, we've never really seen well any of us in our lifetime. We've never really seen the WWF without Vince in charge. You know, even though you had different writers and different people like your creative director or whatever, at the end of the day, it's always been the buck stops with him, and it's gonna be really cool to see. The, the company with someone else's vision leading the company it's it's very interesting it's very intriguing to me i also liked when uh regal left he went to
1: AEW and then and then vince died and he was like i'm going to go back i don't know if vince didn't die but you know what i'm saying like vince got put on life support and then regal was like i'm going to go back And they were like, you can't be on TV if you go back. And he's like, okay.
0: (laughs) That's fine. I didn't want to be on
1: TV anyway.
0: (laughs) Well, Aaron, who's.
1: This fucking cartoon character. But, okay. Who's on my my list next? Yeah. Uh, Arn Anderson. All right. Are you on there? Two, two. You're on
0: both.
1: Um, Arn was a guy that and I know we've repeatedly said this that I've never seen really have a bad match and he's a guy that I think sold wrestling a lot better than I've ever seen anybody else do it and not even the fact of sold it I think Arn should be on the list because of how he would attack somebody you know what I mean like yeah everybody can say oh this guy's still great he'd sell his injuries and all that but Arn was a guy that I think he should be on the list because of how he attacked. Like I said, like I'm gonna go for the arm. I'm gonna go for the leg. I'm gonna do this. It's like I know we're not gonna. Ta- I know we're not talking about like promos or whatever. But it was like, oh, a three-legged table doesn't serve anybody great. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Arn. Is in my opinion one of the best workers
0: in the history of wrestling. He he. um, Well, okay, I, and I'm I'm gonna say this, and 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 I've said it before, and I always get a little shade, but like, as great as Flair was in the Four Horsemen, Arn Anderson was the best wrestler.
2: Let's be honest. Best spine buster ever. Nobody nobody can ever touch that spine buster. Like I know everybody compliments Hunter on his, but Arn when when Arn hit that spine buster, even though it was something that's it's simplistic, like like we were saying, you know, about other guys, they took the simplistic stuff, but literally that it was something as simple as that spine buster and arm made it look like it was fucking demolishing you.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, and like Aaron said, Aaron was kind of alluding to, I would describe arn Anderson's style as succinct. Succinct style, because he's gonna, like you said, Aaron, he's gonna, okay. The 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 story of this match, you have a left arm, <laughs> but by the time I'm done, your left arm is no longer, you just don't have one anymore. Like I'm gonna go for a body part. I'm gonna eliminate that body part. You're done, son. And 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 this matches. It wasn't even like
1: necessarily like when his character would go in. He was looking to hurt the elbow, but if his if like a Ricky Steamboat sold the elbow, it's like oh, now I'm gonna go ahead and concentrate on that you know does that make sense Mm -hmm. like i i just think arn um knew exactly what to do when to do it and um psychology wise was a master and i know we're just talking about in-ring work but i also think that he's the greatest tag team wrestler ever, in my opinion.
0: Huh? Well, that, that, that. that translates to in-ring work. <laughs> so, you know, yes. I mean, working at, working yeah. as a tag team is just as important as working as opponents. I'd,
2: I'd say he was the story for Assassin before Hunter.
0: Well, Mark? Let's knock one off your list next.
2: I'm sure that he is probably on Aaron's list. And I had Aaron in mind when I was coming up with this list. And bell to bell. Nobody done it more perfect than Mr. Perfect Kurt Henning. Well, he's got to be on everybody's fucking list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's I mean, a great
1: goddamn wrestler of all time.
0: To be honest, if 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 I was ranking them one through ten, which I didn't, he's number one. He's He's the most. He's the most naturally. The the Mister Perfect name was perfect for him because he was the perfect professional wrestler. He's the most naturally gifted. It's fucking stupid how good that guy fucking was. (laughs) Like
1: (laughs) nobody should be that fucking good, right? Nobody.
2: natural athlete by like, flawless and he's he, on on the level of execution he, he outshines Brett. then mm-hmm. it's just and, and he, he knew his role and he knew exactly how to play it and sold like nobody's business
0: and i know i know and the, i'm just gonna throw this out there because i know what aaron's is and i and i understand why i understand why and i'm taking nothing away from it cuz i know aaron your favorite hulk hogan match is hulk hogan and harley race yeah my favorite hulk hogan match is hulk hogan and mr perfect from i think it's saturday night's main event that's my favorite hulk hogan match um and hogan deserves some credit for it too but in that ring with henning man henning made himself look good he made hogan look good and it's not even it's not even kurt henning's remotely best match but it's to me it's Hulk Hogan's best match and I know why you love the Harley match because it is a great match but um yeah and I mean Henning and Brett from SummerSlam 91 Um you you can run down any match with Kurt Henning Kurt Henning versus fucking anybody is, is fantastic but, that's what I'm saying it's stupid how fucking fantastic he was like well
2: one of my if, favorite. If
0: you look, it, it, tornado, well, it you kind know, dur- kind of sort kind of started during that same time, and I know it's before that. I think it's from '89 or '90. I'm sorry, it's not the same. One of my favorite pro wrestling matches ever is on a random WWF World Tour Coliseum home video, and it's Kurt Henning versus Terry Taylor. And it's one of the best wrestling matches I've ever seen in my life. It's amazing. And it's just um, it's just Mr. Perfect versus Red Rooster, you know, it whatever. But at match
2: wise, it's fucking stellar. Let's be honest though, in that match hitting was the cock. <laughs> <laughs> uh
1: Lawler Hennig?
0: Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, Brian Huff,
1: he talked about Nick Bockwinkle, because I posted like, hey, tell us who you think some of your favorite wrestlers are. He brought up Bockwinkle. Bockwinkle Hennig. It's fucking fantastic. And it, it and I'm not knocking Bockwinkle, but it's like, it's fucking Kurt. Like, that dude. I, I, I just can't say enough about fucking Kurt. He's the, he is, and I and I love Randy. Sa- okay, I love Randy Savage. I love Bret Hart. I love Ric Flair. But there is nobody better than Kurt Hennig, in my opinion. Like he's number one on my list, and I, it's cool that you guys knocked him off. But that's
2: my number one guy. Uh, I, I knew that was going to be on Aaron's list, too. I was like, we're talking about solid workers. Henning, you can't not have a list and, and mention them. And I I know Aaron's going to have this on his list also. I like, this is the one, the one thing that we're going to be in soon.
0: <laughs> so the next one that's on my list, and I'll let you guys take a quick guess as to who you think it is when I do this little bit of a description. Because in no, I don't think there's ever been anybody that wasn't a Kurt Henning, like a second generation, it's in their blood kind of guy that came upon the scene, and you watch him wrestle one time, and you're like, duck to water. Angelo Mosca Jr. (laughs) Boo, (laughs) boo! Oh, good, good on picking my least favorite wrestler of all time.
2: Scott Plutsky. Uh,
0: I said by the way, I said not second generation. No, Kurt no. Angle. Kurt Angle. Oh yeah. The Kurt Angle from the minute from the minute Kurt Angle's boot touched a pro wrestling ring, ducked to fucking water. Oh yeah. I mean and and for any again it's one of those things like for any of his you know later in his career he had his injuries and stuff. But he's up there to me with like Benoit and Henning. It's just an just even a, when even when his neck was fucking broke, he was better than
1: anybody on the fucking roster he was working with. <laughs> yeah.
0: Listen so one of my favorite So unbelievably good. One of my favorite yeah. one of my favorite matches of all time, like in my top ten, if I'm gonna make a top ten list. It's the fuck what is the pay-per-view called? I forget which one it is. It's during the Invasion storyline and it's Angle versus Austin in Pittsburgh for the title. I think it might be Unforgiven 2001. I, I don't remember. It's one of those. It's like it's one of the ones that's in between uh SummerSlam and Survivor Series. That's one of my favorite pro wrestling matches of all time. Um But yeah, Kurt Angle was just a fucking natural. Everything he did looked real. Is it It unforgiven? Yeah, everything he did looked real. Um, His psychology was amazing from the from the jump. Just such a it just a perfect pro wrestler.
2: Yeah, but like one of my favorite Kurt Angle moments isn't even something he done in the fucking ring. It was when he had that fucking little cowboy hat on and Austin was playing the guitar.
0: You know what's the funny thing about all that stuff? That stuff that him and Austin were doing at that time actually wasn't meant to happen. It w- it happened because of this at the t- at that time they were both injured and couldn't wrestle, but they wanted to keep them both on TV, so it was just unintentional. We got to get these guys on TV, and then it turned out to be some of the best comedy ever done in wrestling. Fucking okay.
2: you know. comedic genius, just, just to have <laughs> them do that shit. I'm, i I popped so hard laughing, like, probably, probably you know, bruised a few ribs laughing at that shit alone. Yeah, <laughs> like when people like we can... saying what Randy about the facials. Mm-hmm. Kurt had Kurt had that shit down pat too.
0: When people talk about Austin's, you know, people talk about Austin's great feuds. They talk about the feud with Brett, which is great. Obviously, Austin McMahon, Austin Rock. I don't think the Austin angle, chemistry, and rivalry gets talked about enough. I agree. They were so good together, whether they were together or against each other. Fantastic
2: shit, man. I mean, but those two styles just melded so well because you got You know, Angle as the technician, and then you got Austin as you know the brawler. Mm-hmm. So those, those just those. If you look historically through wrestling, those type of of wrestlers they tend to meld well, and yeah. it, it, it's like syrup to milk. You can't have you know good good chocolate mm-hmm. milk without good syrup. Then, but it's,
0: a, it's like it's like the legendary Mon- Gorilla Monsoon always said the. Immo- the, the unstoppable force versus the immovable
2: object. Yep. You know, and yeah. Shout out to Gorilla <laughs> for making it into our Hall of Fame. But Kirk would is you a stop? But Kurt worker.
1: It's like you said that it was like Dr. water, and it's just like he fucking got it.
0: Right start from the minute from the minute it started psychology-wise, when he makes his debut at Survivor Series 99, that gimmick throughout the history of wrestling, American Olympic gold medalist, all American boy, blah blah blah, had been the babyface character. The babyface character. He comes out there and he is immediately. You just want to slap his fucking face. It's like you smug son of a bitch. You know he just he he got what they wanted him to do, and he went out there and did it. Yeah,
1: and and I I don't know, and I know like in ring when we talk about in ring, it could also not just be the moves and the psychology of what you're doing. It's the yeah. what you're saying, you know. But Kurt got. That aspect of it too of being able to hang and doing what he was doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like a testament to that dude should be that um SummerSlam fiasco. Like yeah, when right he got now. knocked out. Yeah. Like, if that would have been anybody else, that would have been a fucking train wreck. Mm -hmm. But he fucking knew exactly what, like, it's insane and stupid and should not have been a real thing of this guy being able to work that fucking show being that knocked out with only being in a fucking business for, what, six months?
0: Mm. At that point, almost a year. But yeah, I mean, being in the big leagues almost a year. He had been in in Memphis or whatever. But no, yeah, being on the big big show. He served. He debuted Survivor Series '99, and this is SummerSlam '2000. So it's not even a year.
2: Yeah, my favorite uh, psychological thing that he would do when he pulled down those straps. When I pop that strap, it's time to tap. <laughs> I used to love when he he'd do that. He,
0: he got that. He got that from Memphis. He got that from Jerry Lawler. You yep. know, he he picked up. That's what great, great workers do. Is they pick up the shit from other people that were great. They combine certain things and they turn it into their own thing.
2: Right. And so, you, you know that's where he picked
0: that. You know them. where he that's you know that's where he picked that strap down
2: shit up. He picked it up from Lawler in Memphis. But he but he took that shit and he made it his own. And it, it's like. When you when them straps came down, you knew he was putting somebody in that fucking ankle lock. <laughs> they were finna to be, you know, begging either tapping or they they were gonna, you know, be in a fight for their life for that rope.
0: Um, Aaron, who you got next?
1: Well, the next person that I have is Eddie
0: Guerrero. Yes, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. I didn't put him on this list. Um, he's my third favorite pro wrestler of all time if I'm ranking them, but man,
2: Eddie. (laughs) Halloween Havoc, what is it? 96, him and Ray? Is it 96 or 97? I think it's it's either 96 or 97, but him and Ray, oh my God, that match right there is what made me fall in love with that style of you know, of, of, of be honest with you, that's what made me fall in love with Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm.
1: I just think the guy. Um, I, I know we were talking about like in ring work, but what um, are the things that? I can go with, with in-ring work of that is, how can you work a crowd? And mm-hmm. I've never seen a guy other than maybe Flair and Hogan that could work a crowd better than a Carrero. I agree. To get them invested and into it as much as him you know what i mean there's only one more
0: that i would put on that list and that's going to be somebody that i'm going to bring up in a little bit but yeah no i totally agree with you like eddie was a master at getting that crowd in the palm of his hand whether he was a baby face or a heel um i mean i'd say one of the best one of the 20 best maybe even 15 to 10 best WWE championship matches ever. And it's purely based on Eddie capturing the crowd and capturing the imagination of the, of the fans is him and Brock when he won the title from Brock. Hell yeah. And Brock did a
1: great job as a heel in that leading up to it, but just the match itself, fucking Eddie owned that fucking crowd. And if you, If anybody would want to tell me, oh, Eddie didn't do that, or Eddie didn't know how to work a crowd. It's like, watch that fucking match. Watch anything that fucking guy did. He owned that any building that Eddie Guerrero went into, he fucking owned. And he was the best goddamn guy on the fucking card.
2: He could could make you You laugh. he He could make you laugh. He could make you resonate with him and be like, man, I feel for him. Or, you know... He'll make, he'll, he'll make he you, off? Yeah, or, or or make you want to slap him in the mouth. My there's two favorite all-time things of Eddie Guerrero. One, how he used to how he used to do the little cheap wins where he'd smack the damn chair, throw it to the opponent, and the ref you know and disqualify. Yeah, his that's opponent. owning that fucking crowd, man. I, I I love that shit so much, and. But I don't know why this moment sticks out so much to me. But him and Paul White when he get when he had him eat the burrito and, and Paul White got the shits. Comedic fucking genius. It's just something as simple as that. I mean, this, some people find fart jokes funny and stuff like that, but. When he was like, I can't go out to the match Because I got this run
1: (laughs) My favorite non (laughs) crowd work Like, non-live Eddie Guerrero thing Was when him and Chava were doing the live We cheat, we seal shit And they were doing the um, The vignettes And they talked to the old lady about her pool (laughs) And he was like, Oh, your pool's got a hole in it. I mean, you don't want you, you don't want your pool to get all wet, do you? <laughs> like, that shit was funny. He's like, your pool's gonna get a hole in it and get wet. It's like that was funny shit. But I Eddie Guerrero has him there Eddie Guerrero as a wrestler, like there's not a lot of there's not a lot of people that you can say were better than him,
0: no. honestly.
1: Yeah. And I, and 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 that's not even me just being like, oh, he passed away or whatever. It'd be like a uh, trying to trumpet somebody that's not here anymore type of guy. But there, there's not
2: a lot of guys who are better than him. And just the way he did that frog splash, like a lot of people credit RVD to having a good one, but to me. The the execution of that frog splash, nobody done that shit like it Perfect. Yeah, like just just from from the extension and everything, like flawless frog splash.
0: Yep, he was definitely a guy that was born to be a professional wrestler. There's no
2: doubt. Indeed, indeed. Which he comes from a pedigree, right? Oh yeah, not a bad wrestler in the bunch but
1: Eddie was definitely the best
2: there's there's uh, two that I just realized that's uh on the modern product that I didn't know were uh multi-generational uh, wrestlers that I have a new respect for and uh that's uh Angel Garza and Humberto Correa who's that I'm sorry Angel and uh Angel and Humberto. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that they were uh, multi-generational talents. Yeah.
0: So who do you got next, Mark?
2: Up next for me. Since we talked about Eddie, let's talk about Ray, because Ray's on my list. As far as Lucha, that man is the epitome of it. He took he took that culture, brought it to America, while the people with all those you know high flying off the wall moves and to be honest with you, Rey Mysterio goes down at my top five any day.
0: Oh, Rey Mysterio is the he's the best Mexican wrestler of all time. Oh yeah, hands down. End of story.
2: I, I know the whole, you know, when he did that No Limit uh, thing with Master P and all them and, and WCW gets shit on and he was unmasked and all that. But literally from the time that kid stepped onto the scene until now, he still does. He, he, he's still flawless in ring. And he, he's that underdog that you want to root for. And then I've I've never been like man I really hate Rey Mysterio, right? You know yeah. what I'm saying? I mean,
0: well, and any, any anything like what well, you said, like you said with the unmasking and the no limit soldiers, anything that Ray's ever done in his career that's you could say quote unquote as a negative was not him. It was whoever was booking him, right? You know they booked him in that situation. He still had fantastic fucking matches. Oh yeah, they they booked him in that situation, and it is what it is. But yeah, he's—I mean, to me, he's the he's the greatest Mexican professional wrestler of all time. And I always say I don't watch Japanese wrestling, but I do watch a lot of Mexican wrestling. And right. he's 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 the best. He's the best. And there's oh, yeah. been some greats. There've been some, But see, the thing that the thing that really makes Ray the best in that genre is that. His he's the guy that mixed lucha with the American style the best. Right. You know, he can have a great lucha match with a lot of high spots and a lot of flips and a lot of aerial maneuvers and holy shit moments and everything, but he can also ground and pound, you know? And and talk about we talked about Ricky Morton and other people selling. This is a guy that sells well with a mask on. That's even harder to do. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, yeah, what a fucking talent.
2: Yeah. Like, uh, probably my three favorite is with him. Number one being when he won the world heavyweight title. Number two being him and Eddie at Halloween Havoc. And then I really enjoyed that feud with him and Nash. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, you yeah. That, yeah. David,
2: that David versus Goliath storyline. And it, to me, he, You know, even though Ray Ray come out on the other end of it, but I like that.
0: I like. Well, but the thing about that is, a lot of times with the Click guys, they would work a program with somebody, and they would. Yeah, and what it is, what it is. But like Kevin Nash, he'd work a program with somebody, especially when he was high up in the totem pole and had a lot of power and the other person came out looking like dog shit cuz he just, you know, his political. And yes, Ray did come out quote unquote on the the shit end of the stick on that feud. But Kevin Nash recognized the amount of talent that he was working with there, and he he still like even though he's fucking a human being taller than Ray Mysterio, he still <laughs> sold for Ray Mysterio. He still made made Ray Mysterio look good, and at the end of the day, the big guy, the bigger guy, should ultimately win it in the grand scheme of things. But he made he made Ray look like gold, and gold, Ray made him look like gold.
2: But yeah, they had right. a great chemistry together. <laughs> what is the <it>, Aaron <laughs> yeah. smart. Are you going to go Bret Hart on us?
1: My my fucking computer about died. But about Ray. um He's my second favorite um, luchador ever, and um, the only reason I wouldn't have put him on my list of favorite, like, realistic in-ring workers is just because I like Lucha Libre, but is that the most um, believable style of wrestling? And I'm not knocking it. Okay? Well, no,
0: that's why I was saying he was the best at it because he is he 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 he, he was the best at mixing the outlandishness of lucha and the high spots, but also adding an element of ground and pound and technical wrestling to it when needed. Yeah, you know? there's a reason the guy's 50 years old and he's still.
1: Rev, rev, yeah. revel it. You know what I mean? Relevant. I did speak.
0: The next guy on my list, I, I, I had a coin toss between two guys because I have two more here and I wanted to include so for this next spot, it was a coin toss between two guys because I knew that Aaron or Mark, one of you, would put the other guy on your list so we could talk about him so I'm going to go with the other I'm going to go with not heads but tails <laughs> Um great bell to bell in ring workers of all time there is no doubt Jerry Lawler's on that list I almost put Lawler on my
1: list I almost put him on my list Lawler
0: is
1: oh, on, the <laughs> most he might be the most believable wrestler ever.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the most realistic. Because he he does very he has a very simple move set, but it always looks real. It always pops the crowd. He always captures. I mean, the psychology of Jerry Lawler is insane. He has the best punch in wrestling history. What other wrestler other than maybe Bruno can say that they legit sold out their main arena in their territory for, like, 20-plus years and nobody got bored with them? You know what I mean? Like, Jerry Jerry Lawler isn't just a great wrestler. He was, like, a fabric of the society of that region of the country. He's so... Fucking good. So good. And this might sound dumb,
1: but he was always fat. So he never looked old. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: he had the chair
1: like
2: going on.
1: Like, he always... I oh, I don't even want to say...
0: Ar- Ar- Arn Anderson but, had that too. Arn Anderson always looked old, so he was never old. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
1: like, R Anderson always looked like he was 50. Yeah.
0: Like, you when he was 22. Your... Other when than... he was
1: 22, he looked like he was, like, that uh... fucking promo that he cuts about Dusty when he's on the beach. Like, he's debuting, and it's like, you look old. Like, what are you doing?
0: Like, Lawler, and... other, than, other than when he had the, the little goatee, you know? Lawler pretty much is the same looking Lawler at, in the Memphis Coliseum in 1983 that he is at WrestleMania 27 against Michael Cole. He's just, just it's the same. (laughs) The only time he's changed is now,
1: now, now he looks like Bill Watts. (laughs) But for the majority of his career, Lawler always looked the same. And, and like I said, I think he had the best punch Ever in wrestling, in my
0: opinion, oh
2: yeah, yeah. oh yeah,
0: no. and like I said, his style was just ultra realistic. <laughs> and, um, he can, he, he's also one of those guys. There's not a lot, there's guys that can work babyface and work heel, but you always say they're better as one or the other. Lawler was one of those guys that is better either way, it doesn't matter. Baby face or heel, he's still just as fucking good either way. He doesn't change his he was style. Saying, he was <laughs> he's always an good.
1: asshole too, and as a promo, he's always an asshole too. Yeah, I don't nah. know what I'm about promos, but as as a worker,
0: and that's right. somebody is always just the same guy. And that's something that we talked about. Angle picking up the, you know, people going through Memphis. Angle picking up the uh, strap down to show that he's it's fucking, we're on now. He got that from Lawler. The thing about being a babyface and a heel and not changing who you are, I bet that's where Rock learned that. He learned that from watching Lawler, because the Rock's character, whether he's a babyface or a heel, is a fucking asshole. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. And another
1: reason that you can say that guy was great is um how many old guys or older guys in that promotion like the wwf at that time could you hear that the entire click was like that's the fucking man over there <laughs> you know what i mean like scott hall kevin nash sean michaels sean waltman and triple h were like yeah Kingfish, he's the best.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my my thing about him is, is, I I was thinking, you know, about why Lawler was over as big as he was, and and, and to be honest with you, it, you know, it, it was he had the whole king gimmick, but at the same time, he still looked like some somebody that would, you see at your family reunion. Mm-hmm. You know, what I'm saying like, oh, that's cousin Jerry.
0: It looks like the guy in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I think that, to me, in, in just you know, in my opinion, that that's the reason why he was over because the, they they could see themselves in, in mm-hmm. that type of you know predicament.
0: And I know it's not in ring work, and I know we're talking about in ring work, but while we're talking about him, that's the other thing that really like he he captured in Memphis too. Was he captured in Memphis? in a territory style way. And maybe this is something somebody else learned from Jerry Lawler. I don't know. Cause this is another guy that went through Memphis, but Lawler also captured the essence of telling a story along with his interviewer, Lance Russell, Paul Kogan, Gene Okerlund did that too. You know what I mean? Like right. he, he knew that, you know, it's like every week, Every week on Memphis TV there's gonna be some segment with Lance Russell and Jerry Lawler Lance and Jerry Lance and Jerry and there's that connection you know and I don't know it's just they don't they don't fucking make them like they used to anyway <laughs> Aaron well I only have two more on my list
1: um, so I will go with. Not my number one, but the last guy on my list
0: is Terry Funk. All right, so he was my coin flip with Lawler. Because I knew you were you or Mark, one of you would bring him up.
2: Oh Funker.
0: One of the five best to ever do it.
1: Yeah, and he knew exactly how to do it. And knew exactly how to do it. Through generations Like I know we talk about You know How you said Nate like Whatever age you are That's how you understand wrestling You know what I mean But Funk knew how to Okay in the 70s This is how we do it Now we moved in the 80s Now this is how we do it Okay, now we're in the 90s. Like, 70s, okay, we're going to do wrestling. 80s, we're going to do... Showtime wrestling, or whatever you want to call it. Then we get into the 90s. Now we're going to do hardcore wrestling. And now, even into the 2000s, we're going to do, like, Attitude Era wrestling. Terry, to me... Is the greatest chameleon in the history of professional wrestling. I see it. Every style, nope, every nobody, every, nobody did it better. Than him in that aspect
0: every, of it, every style, every region, every country, every era, every everything. uh um, yeah. Like I like I've said before on the shows, and we we get into the day, de- we get into the debates, and we get deep into it. But I think. I think you guys can attest to the fact that even though he's not, he isn't he is in my top ten, but even though he's not my favorite wrestler of all time, I've said on record numerous times he might be the best to ever do it. You know, just overall what, looking at his entire career, holy shit! And his psychology, wow. his psychology, and the way that he moved his body, and the way that he'd sell a punch, or the way that he'd sell this or that, or just insane, and he was also a guy with that 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 fucking gift that Eddie had to connect with that crowd.
2: You say it all the time. You don't watch a lot of Japanese wrestling, but if you won't go back and watch, uh, oh Cat, oh, Cat I, don't, I don't I
0: don't lo- I don't I <laughs> don't watch Japanese wrestling, but I watch Terry Funk wrestling in Japan.
2: <laughs> <laughs> don't get exactly. don't get it twisted. <laughs> don't get it twisted. <laughs> that and, and my thing with with Terry was after watching that Cody Rhodes documentary, you understand you you understand that Terry took this fucking business very fucking seriously. Mm-hmm. He said because in the airport, him and him and Dusty was in the airport, and he's like, "Here comes this guy." hollering obscenities at, at my dad and calling him an egg-sucking doll. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like Terry, Terry was working when Terry wasn't working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, like, for him to keep kayfabe like that, you know, you, you understand that Terry definitely took the business very seriously. Yes. But just
1: bell to bell, man. There's... Not a lot of
2: guys that you can put over him. Nope. No, uh, and to be honest with you, my favorite pile driver ever. I mean, the, the other you,
0: brought, a, the you other... brought
2: up,
1: you brought up Lawler. That's the only good NB arena match that's ever happened.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> All the other ones are trash. That's the only good one. Oh my fucking eye! My, you know, like you, like, and then he's like fucking. What the next week he's fucking dumping
0: motor oil over his head, shit, and then and then he knew, he he knew, he knew when he went to WCW in the fucking year two thousand, and they threw him into the hardcore wrestling mix. He knew at my age, with my mileage. When I come out here and wrestle in these hardcore matches, I need to have on baggy pants, suspenders, and a t-shirt. I need to look like garbage. I need to look like complete I need to look like a homeless person when I come out here to wrestle these
1: matches. And 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 that's the other thing, too. Like, even in '98, people shit canned that chainsaw chain chainsaw Charlie gimmick. That was his fucking idea. Mm -hmm. He wanted to be chainsaw Charlie. You know, it's like that dude understood the business, I think, better than anybody else. And um nine him in '94 WCW was really fucking good. Mm-hmm. And um, like when they wanted him to fucking be a fucking knight. And Vince wanted to have his fucking mask ripped off. That's when he was like, "Oh, I gotta go take care of my horse." <laughs> say, the it's funniest
2: like
0: thing about still- funny the funniest thing about that is that in 1986, when he left, when they had him and Dory as him and Hoss and all that shit, and they brought Jimmy Jack in, yeah. he also told Vince he had a sick horse. So he I had a sick horse in '86. Horse. And then he had a sick horse it, in 94. So or 93. Know,
1: and you know Vince laughed at it. I ain't gonna be mad. It's fucking Terry Funk. But like I said, I don't think you can get um much better than Terry. No,
2: nah, you ain't definitely gonna accept
1: one for me on him. Except for maybe the last guy on my list. But I don't know if you guys like,
2: have anybody else. Like uh, like like we talked about before. Literally, he's part of my favorite tag team match of all time—the dumpster match with him and him and Cactus versus the New Age Outlaws at Mania. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know why that that match stuck out to me the way it did, but no, well was... it and
0: and it, they they were getting they were getting the push before that, but the feud with Cactus and Funk made the Outlaws. Ew. You know. End of story.
2: Yeah, they get they so Mark, gave hope grub oh,
0: the right way. Who you got next, Mark?
2: Hmm, how many oh, you got? Nine, left? Five. What? Yeah, oh,
1: five. I don't have time for five.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Let's go with. I'm, I'm gonna go with somebody from the modern era that's that's right now that's great in ring AJ Styles been a- around for a-, a while been doing a yeah. solid he gets it
0: yeah he's he he's the he's 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 the modern equivalent of a Brett or a sean you know he just he just goes out there and he's if he's on the card that night when you go to see the show, if not the best match, he's probably gonna have one of the best matches. you know he just yeah. gets it he just gets it
2: And to be honest with you, well when we went to that la- that last hash- uh, house show down there in Tallahassee when his music hit and mind you, Riddle was on the card, Rollins was on the card. You know, a bunch of good talent. Bianca Belair was there, Carmella. When AJ Styles' music hit, everybody in that fucking arena stood the fuck up and was singing that shit, bro. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he's had a solid career and in the ring. He's another guy. I mean, I can't say I've ever seen a bad AJ Styles match. I just
2: can't. Even in that crap hole of TNA.
0: Yeah. He was the best thing about that company.
2: Exactly.
0: And and that's
1: what I was... Sorry.
2: You're good. good.
1: I was just going to say that um, if you wanted to compare anybody to Kurt and he'd be the guy that I compare it to because I... Like I said, I never saw him have a bad match, but Just right out the right out the gate, you know what I mean? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Like he was a kid, he was a fucking like short haired kid, and having those great fucking matches, and he was doing it with dude like dudes that he shouldn't have been having great matches with. You know what I mean? AJ, it's stupid how top fucking talented he is, and he's now what? how old is he now?
0: Oh, he's not he's not 50 yet. No. Nah. He's probably what like 45? Yeah,
2: 45, 40,
0: between 45 and 47, probably.
2: Let me do my mic today. We'll find out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so what what we're gonna do, because I do have to work in the morning. Mark mark with his fucking I got five left.
2: 46.
0: I have yeah, 46. All right. So yeah. I have uh I have one more. I only have one more. So unless me and Aaron's one more. Because I'm an
1: adult and I followed the rules. I only made 10.
2: <laughs> I had
1: 10.
0: <laughs> well, I'm, o- I'm only giving yeah. you one or two more, up. Mark,
1: for this episode.
0: I'm only giving you one or two.
1: Oh, mark. I'm only doing one. Oh, so you got to work in the morning, too.
0: But anyway, the next guy on my list, Ted DiBiase.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, he was almost awesome on my list.
0: Ted DiBiase, Ted DiBiase, and I know we're talking in ring, so I'm not even going to go into his personality and his his ability to adapt to whatever they threw at him. But Ted DiBiase was a guy that like especially in the 80s and early 90s WWF when when they had and, and Vince Vince didn't really care about work rate but when he was like I have this champion that's a monster and he's charismatic and he has a great look and he gets a big pop but 2 minutes in the fucking uh, the old expression once the bell rings Ted DiBiase was one of those guys that Vince McMahon was like, uh, you're going to work with the ultimate warrior over and over and over and over over again. Because you are such a great wrestler that when he's in the ring with you, it's going to look like he's a great wrestler too. (laughs) And um,
1: Nate, do you want to say why I think Ted was great? Kind of like what you were saying with Vince is Vince gave him the greatest gimmick of all fucking time. Greatest goddamn gimmick ever. But gave him the gimmick but did not make him change once the bell rung. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, Like, he was the million dollar man. He had the flashy suit and the and the dollar sign and ha, ha 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 or whatever. But once he ripped the pants off, it was just black, fucking yeah. short pants and boots. You know what I mean? Like he didn't make him be stupid in the ring or anything like that. Like once the bell rang, he was just a fucking worker. You know what I mean? So that's where I think Vince respected Ted DiBiase enough to be like, "I'm gonna." Know that you're gonna do this gimmick. It's the greatest gimmick of all time, better than anybody else. But I'm also not gonna make you look like a buffoon in the fucking ring because you're. And like, I
0: also, I also don't know absolutely are the best. I don't know why it's a, even a debate. It shouldn't ever be a debate because that's one thing people debate it. Sometimes they talk about different people, like Jake Roberts or. I don't know who else, whatever. It doesn't matter. Ted DiBiase is the greatest pro wrestler to never be a world champion. End of story. But, and that's another thing Vince did. Vince was like, you're such a good wrestler. We're going to make it where you don't even need to be the champion. Yeah, you're going you your your to be your own belt. You're going to
1: be your own
0: champion. You're going to create your own. Because that's what Vince would have done. Because the million dollar yeah. man gimmick was Vince McMahon and a gimmick. It was, you know what I'd do? I'd just make my own championship. Yeah. I would defend it and everything. My
1: favorite thing is when he kicked the kids out of the pool. I know everybody <laughs> likes when he kicked the fucking basketball to the black kids' hand. I love when he buys the pool.
0: It's my <laughs> favorite
1: thing. <laughs>
0: The fucking guy that runs the pools, like "Uh, everybody out, everybody out. Yeah, get the fuck out. I love that. I like
2: the. uh, I like this promos on uh on Tito Santana. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I like this so much. (laughs) Just it's funny to me. All right,
0: Aaron. Next one. I got what? I got one more.
1: As opposed to Marks 8. Um, yeah. <laughs> the last guy on my list is Dynamite Kid. He and it's kind of like what we were saying about like Chris and Eddie or whatever, but there has never been a wrestler that I've ever seen in my life that just was just balls to the wall, throw himself into something like dynamite. That guy well, like you
2: were saying up. with Arn, the way he attacked. Dynamite had, you know, that element to him too.
1: And Dynamite I, Dynamite Dynamite left dynamite left his health in the fucking range and i'm not saying it's the way to go like it's it's not a good thing to do that but he
0: left his well-being in the ring
1: in my and opinion and this
0: this would be another great top top 5 or top 10 or whatever um to do sometime so keep this in the back of your minds for one time when we're cuz i'm not thinking about it now and or i'm thinking about it now but i'm not going to think about it later dynamite mm-hmm. is was literally a pro wrestling game changer. He 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 did something like there's lots of great wrestlers. There's lots of great wrestlers. There's lots of great sports entertainers. There's lots of people in the business that there, there's lots of great talkers. There are very few people that go out in the ring and literally show you something you've never seen before. You know what I mean. Like, he was a game changer. The match between him and Tiger Mask is one of the watershed game-changing moments in pro wrestling history. End of story. If anybody tells you different, they're full of shit. It just was. Whether good or bad. Whether reckless or not. Whether... You can say what you want to say, but it changed things. And that's what he did. He changed things. And that's, there's something to be said for that. And, you're right, Nate,
1: and like I said, like, I just don't, I've never seen a professional wrestler that was just like, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, just re- like I don't care what happens to me. All I'm gonna do is make sure what I fucking do looks the best that it looks. You know what I mean? It's a kamikaze. Yeah, it, it, like that dude sacrificed his body for professional wrestling, and I'm not saying it was the right thing to do, but it was, he, he might be the greatest wrestler I've ever seen in my life.
2: All
0: right. So Mr. Brew. Here's, okay. the, here's your choices. Choose your adventure. Remember the choose your adventure books, <laughs> choose your adventure. <laughs> Cause I re- I really do have to work in the morning. I'm not trying to blow yeah. you off in any way, shape or form. I promise, you know, <sighs> you know, if I had the time, we'd go on for three hours. So do you want to take one more and throw it out there and have a detailed distri- distru- discussion? Destruction? Destruction of it? Or do you just want to
1: I, I think Nay had a stroke?
0: <laughs> a bird, bird Now I'm talking <laughs> like this. By God. Austin. <laughs> Austin. Um sorry, Jim Ross didn't have a stroke. He had Bell's palsy. I should be, I should I I'm gonna go stroke. into the... I'm gonna go in the room of shame. Anyway, do you want to give us one more, and we talk about that, or do you want to give us what you got left, and we can kind of blah, blah, blah. <laughs> go quickly through? Because I don't want to. I don't want to shit on your list. I don't want to like be like, "Yeah, fuck off."
2: Okay. All right, so on. My final four. Okay. The Rock, Seth Rollins, mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels, and Ric Flair. All right.
0: I'll go on my quick thoughts here unless you want to go first because you brought them up.
2: No, I want to hear your opinions.
0: Okay. Rock. I disagree. I think if we were going charismatic, absolutely. Um, I think that going back and to me watching his in ring work, he was, he was a few trick pony, my personal opinion. This is, that's what this is. These lists are personal opinions. You dig it. That's cool. Um, You said Seth, Seth Rollins, Seth Rollins in this modern day of professional wrestling. I say number, number one, Randy Orton. Number two, AJ Styles. Number three, Seth Rollins, because Seth Rollins really is. I mean, his modern, his newest gimmick like (laughs) that thing really annoys me. But once the bell rings, Nobody can deny he's one of the best pro wrestlers in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. And number number four is is Gunter. He's coming up fast though. Within five years, that guy's going to be the best wrestler on the planet. But oh, yeah. I definitely give Seth a big nod um for the modern product. Yeah, he's one of the guys that that when I see he's one of the guys I that I I am excited to watch WWE pay-per-views to watch him because in right. a WWE pay-per-view I'm not going to have to listen to him do that annoying fucking voice. <laughs> I'm just going to get to I'm just going to get to him watch to watch him do what he fucking does and
2: that's wrestle really really well. The problem so, is is they try even with them trying to make him a heel, he's still fucking over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like Yeah. yeah. Nobody's, nobody's buying that bullshit. Just hit Seth, we like him.
0: Yes, HBK, without a doubt. Um, he, I would say he's he's right behind Ricky Morton for me on the on the salesman list. Because even when he was an asshole, he still sold well. Um, so, so, who are the people? Sorry.
2: The Rock, Seth Rollins, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair,
1: Ric Flair. Um, one of my favorite wrestlers of all time But Ric Flair had the same match A lot um, Seth Rollins um, It's kind of like what Nate said He's annoying as a heel Or his promos or whatever But in the ring he's great um, Rock I wouldn't put Rock in a list of in ring great workers but if you put him as an all-around wrestler fantastic and sean the only reason that i wouldn't say that sean michaels was a the only reason i'd say sean michaels isn't a great in ring worker Is because he's he's selfish and kind of he's not anymore, but back in the day, like in his prime, he was an asshole.
0: See, that's where that that's where I I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off, but that's where I get you did, and I did, (laughs) but that's where I get sideways with Sean because I don't know. Do you do you weigh that? do you weigh that first, okay, do you weigh like 95 to 98 against what he did from 2002 to 2010? Yes. Because when he came, his second run, he made stars. He made moments. He had, he had better matches in his twilight than he did in his 20s. I try to, uh, I'm
1: going to, I'm a Shawn Michaels fan, okay? And I'm even a Shawn Michaels fan when he was an asshole. (laughs) But I'm going to base it off of when he was supposed to be the ring general, locker, locker room leader, guy in charge. He wasn't the best guy. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. Nate, okay. even e- even even when he got into that later stage, there were still a couple guys that he didn't like. And he's like, I'm going to fuck with them. Yeah. He fucked with Hogan.
2: No,
1: Hogan deserved, Hogan. Hogan, Hogan deserved it, though. Why no? But I'm <laughs> just saying. Like that that's the only reason that I wouldn't it's one of the only reasons I wouldn't put Sean on my list of great in-ring performers because he was just like eh, I'm gonna fuck with these cats.
0: Now Mark, you brought up those four guys, and yep. I made you express lane that shit. So mm-hmm. I'll let you be the uh the main event here. <laughs> And you can tell us, go down each one of them and let us know why you put them on your list.
2: All right, The Rock. You said charismatic? Yes. The reason why I put The Rock on there is because, yeah, he had what, you know, the, the two moves of doom or, or however you want to put it people's elbow and the rock bottom but he he also did other things well like selling like nobody oh, yeah. sold, sold, sold a damn stunner like fucking like the rock you know what i'm saying oh, like between and, and, I, and I was
0: I'll, just, I'll i'll give you i'll give you that right there and i'm not trying to cut you off but um as far as working goes the best and, and okay so rock austin matches were great cuz they were spectacles Right, but if you want to see the Rock, like if you want to watch the Rock do what he can do in the ring, bell to bell as a wrestler, go watch those matches. What year was it? Was it two thousand or two thousand one? The matches he when he had that program with Benoit killed it. Killed it. That's the best wrestling. That's the best
2: wrestling I ever saw Rock do. And then Seth Rollins, literally, he has my my favorite uh RKO moment with Randy Orton. Oh, and, and super. That's it. everybody talks about the Evan Bourne one, but to me, the Seth Rollins Randy Orton RKO, the best. Solid in ring worker. Other than the fact that he hurts Sting, but we're not going to go there. <laughs> Which I mean, I don't, I don't consider that him, that his fault, anyways. It's just a coincidence, and he he's like about the dude's it. old. <laughs> yeah. like, he's lucky he wasn't <laughs> dropped on his fucking head before now. <laughs> Shawn Michaels, I it just the Kip up the the sweet chin music, like every time he he'd stomp that foot, you'd be you you can't tell but you weren't you weren't sitting there on the edge of your seat going stomping with him. You I know, know I was he, he he had that ability to to captivate the crowd. And despite if he was an asshole or not and didn't want to do business when it was time to do business. There's a reason why he was chose to be the one to retire Ric Flair.
0: But the thing is, he did do business like Vince McMahon said it. Vince McMahon said he would he would argue with me and all day long. About what I wanted him to do. And then he would go through that curtain and do exactly
2: what I wanted him to do. (laughs) He just let you know he wasn't fucking happy about it. Yeah. (laughs) And Ric Flair. The sixty minute man, the nature boy, the one that ca- that captivates you and, and makes you uh and, and if you were a fan of that era of wrestling, you can't, you know, talk about greatest in ring guys without talking about Flair. Sold like nobody's business. The to me, the greatest heel of all time. And and
1: Neil the only thing I want to add is like I know I know I said Flair had the same match all the time, but it was the best goddamn match every time. Like I'm all not right. I'm not discounting him. I'm not discounting Rick Flair at all. And I don't want to discount Sean either.
0: And but that's why these that's lists the are only- your personal favorites. Right. You know, that's why I told Mark earlier today when we were chatting, that's why wrestling is the greatest. Being a wrestling fan is the greatest way to be a fan of anything in the world because it's the most subjective art form on the planet. Right. You know, and not you, get, you, get se- you, yeah, you get seven people together and say, who's your favorite wrestler of all time? And unless they're just bullshitting and coming up with a name because they think that's the name, you're going to get seven different names.
1: Unless somebody says Bruce Beefcake, you don't have to stab him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's the Zodiac, damn it.
0: <laughs> Mama beef, Mama Beefcake would disagree. Nah, but the, Mama. <laughs> Mama Beefcake's favorite wrestler, Hulk Hogan.
2: <laughs> my, my, my response to uh, what Aaron said about him having uh, the same match over no- you got you got to think though that's the day and age that he came up in.
0: You know they and were you wrestling
2: can. every every day of the week, twice on Sunday. So I mean, you you had to get into kind of a rhythm back then. That's just the style of working that he was familiar with.
1: I don't think Brutus Beefcake has a mama. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Brutus Beefcake was hatched.
2: Hatch. <laughs> Let me find out. Just,
0: Gene Okerlin was like, What is in that egg? What is in <laughs> that <laughs> egg? And out came Brutus. I think, he
2: was, I think he was found. <laughs> he, was, he was processed meat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hot dog Brutus <laughs> beefcake. Brutus, <laughs> Brutus, Brutus hot dog beefcake. Brutus, Brutus beefcake. Is Carl Budding's meat? <laughs> just...
2: But yeah, to, to me, I, I really enjoyed Flair. Flair was the bad guy that everybody loved to hate, but everybody wanted to be like him too. He, he went from a simpleton, and probably we—I guarantee—he went to a lot of debt just to create that persona. Mm-hmm. And he's living his dream. <laughs> I mean, we're clowning him right now with the wing shit Wings. on cornet. <laughs> but I mean, at the same time, the man's still making money in this day and age. Wings! <laughs>
0: So, gentlemen, thank you for joining me on this edition of the show. Mark, I'm sorry I had to express, Lane, your last four. But I think think we still got some good conversation about all of them. Uh, Oh, yeah. Stay tuned, everybody. The Hall of Fame episodes are coming up. And, Mark, what you don't know is before you join the show this evening, Aaron and I talked about after the Hall of Fame episodes, it's time to... Do another one of our deep dives and go five hundred through number one on a PWI five hundred. Oh, what year? Aaron picked nineteen ninety
2: four. Oh, this is gonna be fun.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be. Wild.
2: <laughs>
0: and I will close out with for everybody, since Brutus Beefcake is processed meat. My Arnold's my baloney, <laughs> my baloney has a first name. It's Brutus. My baloney has a second name. It's B-E-F-A. Zodiac.
2: <laughs>
0: the man with no name. The the hot dog with no name.
2: <laughs> don't forget, snap into a slim jim. Oh yeah, dig it.
0: Snap into a beefcake.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. We'll see everybody next week. Happy New Year, and we'll see you next time around, everybody, on the Weekend Wrestling Podcast.